Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the episode you've all been waiting for, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West BC, before call. In this episode, we'll be going through what happened between them until the infamous Snapchat video release in 2016. Part two will cover from that incident to today. We also have a few housekeeping things to mention, the first being thank you for being so understanding of us pushing our episode release date back. We did not feel it was appropriate to release a new episode amidst worldwide protest. We will also have resources in our show notes if you yourself want to be more educated on racial matters. We also want to applaud both Kanye West and Taylor Swift for both using their platforms so positively. There's one more thing you need to know about this episode before we get started. Cressy and I were blessed to be able to record this in person together for the first time ever. So up until this point, we've been using Zoom and recording our audio individually and then mashing them together. And unfortunately, I had someone break into my apartment in Atlanta while I was sleeping. Totally okay, unharmed, I'm cool. It was terrifying. Won't get into the details because they are also terrifying. But I basically had to get the hell out of Atlanta for a few days. And that's why Allie and I were able to record together. And it was a nice break from the city. Things have been pretty heavy over there in Atlanta. If you've been following the news at all, you, you know this. So it was nice to visit my friends. What's not so nice is our audio was not great. Yeah, we're new to this and still learning and can promise you our audio is up to standards for part two, but we just wanted to give you a heads up that it sounds weird at times because we were recording together in person for the first time ever and we didn't know the best way to do that yet. With that said, let's get into it. Welcome to Good For A Weekend, the podcast where two friends talk about Taylor Swift. I'm Cressy. And I'm Allie. And this week we're bringing you an episode on Taylor's history with Kanye West and Kim Kardashian, BC, before phone call. But before we get started, we do have one quick housekeeping thing to note. The first being, thank you! Thank you uh, thank so you. much! Thank you! We were number 12 on Apple Podcasts for entertainment news in the US. That is insane. We thought, we literally said verbatim, we thought we were going to have 12 listeners. We were ranked number ranked 12. Ranked 12. And we also have to give a shout out to New Zealand. We did incredible in New Zealand somehow. We love you. You did great with the Lord of the Rings and, uh, <laughs> and Lord your, in general. And your L-O-R-D-E. According to <laughs> Hannah Burke, your school systems are excellent. And you're beating coronavirus faster than anyone else. So New Zealand, this is for you. We love UK you. UK do better. UK can do better. You can listen to us a little better. I want to thank... Kevin and Yunez in Ireland. We were number 18 in Italy, so that's incredible, and we appreciate our worldwide support. Yes, and we also love and appreciate so much all of our friends, family, co-workers, all of y'all for sharing. All of you guys, we appreciate you so much, and you know, without further ado, let's begin. Let's start with this high note, we, Allie. Let's keep it yeah. going. Why don't we begin with who Kanye West is and how he starts off this timeline? Yeah, so let's start with his 2004 album called The College Dropout. It won a Grammy. Over the years, he's had several hits. One of the biggest, let's talk about Stronger. He brought shutter shades into style. I'm talking about the sunglasses that you literally cannot even see out of. And people wore them. And people wore them. My favorite memory of Shutter Shades is seeing a t-shirt at Rue 21, and it was of Obama, and it was like a, a cartoon. I think it was the Hope image with Shutter Most Shades likely. on top of it. Yes. And then it was captioned underneath it, future's so bright, I need shades. <laughs> I just didn't get it because they were Shutter Shades, you know? But for some reason, that, that t-shirt is just completely ingrained into my memory forever. And... Without Kanye West, that would not have happened. Kanye West has some major fashion yes. power. Most of you have probably already heard of Yeezy Shoes. He's also broken into the fashion industry. We're going to talk about his wife, Kim Kardashian, later. She's really known for really publicizing the Yeezy fashion line. He uses his wife, Kim Kardashian, as like an ad, essentially, for his Yeezy clothes. 
Let's talk about some of Kanye's controversial moments. Tag yourself. Which one are you? Oh, I think one of the ones that shook me the most would be Bill Cosby is innocent. Ugh, yikes. 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 Uh, for me... <laughs> I my favorite Kanye moment is when Hurricane Katrina hit and there was that large telethon and he was on screen with Mike Myers and Kanye had the mic and he said on live television George Bush hates black people. So if you want to tag yourself as your favorite Kanye controversial moment, let us know. But Because there's a lot. What else, Allie? Well, recently, he's been seen with Donald Trump. He met with Donald Trump in the Oval Office. He met again later on. That was really controversial. Obviously, Donald Trump is a very divisive president. So obviously, Kanye West, of all people, meeting with Donald Trump created a lot of buzz. And wearing the MAGA hat. And he ended a Saturday Night Live appearance wearing a Make America Great Again hat. And he made this like impromptu speech at the end. Rant. And it got cut from live air and the SNL cast like really made fun of him afterwards. That was just one of his moments. One of his moments. Yeah. Got another one, Cressy. Let's not forget when he said slavery was a choice. That was a a major yikes moment. Yeah, so Kanye, you know, he's a big player in our culture. He said some controversial things that a lot of people... That's kind of his brand. It's kind of his brand to be controversial. And with that said, I guess we got to start on our saga for today. Let's start our timeline in 2009. That was the year of the MTV Music Video Awards where Kanye interrupts Taylor. Why is it so culturally relevant that Kanye was the one to storm on stage and take Taylor's mic. Like, what what was going on with him at the time? So, around this time, Kanye's album Graduation was already out. That's a really successful album. I mean, it was very widely popular among a lot of different audiences. Also, during this time, in 2007, and this is really unfortunate, and I just want to bring light to it, it was a big media story at this time. Kanye's mom had just passed his mom had gone in for multiple different procedures in plastic surgery, liposuction, tummy tuck, breast reduction, and everything went well. Dr. Jan Adams said the procedure went perfectly fine. She wanted to be taken care of at home instead of, you know, at the doctor's office in a hospital. So Kanye's cousin, her nephew, who was also a nurse, watched over her. And at some point during the day, something went terribly wrong. And Kanye's mom tragically passed away. So completely unexpectedly, completely unexpectedly, everything seemed to be fine. It was a huge thing, very much affected Kanye. He wanted to actually for his next album that was going to come out later. He actually talked about putting Dr. Jan Adams face on the album cover and he was going to name the album Love Everyone. Yikes. Uh, Dr. Jan Adams, from my understanding, filed a cease and desist which can you blame him? Since that point, from what I've read, Dr. Jan Adams' practice completely went out of business and Kanye's cousin is still a practicing nurse. I don't want to place blame anywhere, but obviously it was a very controversial occurrence. And very unfortunate. And extremely unfortunate. So that's just a little bit of what Kanye was going through around 2009. It was a little bit before, but obviously it takes a long time to grieve the loss of a mother, especially when it's tragic. So unexpected, yeah. Yeah. So, what's going on with Taylor Swift at this point? Yeah, so Taylor had just graduated high school. We cannot forget how young she was at this time. She was 18 Mm -hmm. when she graduated from high school in July 2008. Mm -hmm. So, about a year before this awards ceremony. And Fearless comes out that November of 2008. So, just a few months after she graduates from high school. And this is a Grammy award-winning album. And it includes Love Story, 15, White Horse, You Belong With Me. The song, that's why we are here today. But it was <laughs> it was extremely successful. It debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard charts. And it later won Album of the Year at the Grammys. Mm-hmm. And the You Belong With Me music video specifically is what won an award at the MTV Music Video Awards. So that video came out in April of 2009. And in this video, Taylor is like the the dorky girl next door. She has glasses on, her hair is all curly, and she wears like t-shirts and sneakers. You know, she's just not like other girls, you know? (laughs) But it's it's really cute, honestly. I was obsessed with it. I cannot judge. I actually have... If anyone wants to try hard enough to find it, you will be able to. Oh, God. My <laughs> friends and I recreated this video. I was Taylor. I had these giant... Oh, my I, God. We, like, wanded my hair in, like, these tight curls. 
And I was wearing, I think, I don't even remember what I was Where wearing. Where is this video? I think it's on Facebook. And then my friend Devin <laughs> Edgar was the boy. And then my friend Corey, Corey Tate, she was the bitchy Taylor. And it was us three in my bedroom. And we, we literally recreated this video and we filmed it on my iPad. Like, I know it sounds like I'm making fun of this video. And, you know, I mean, I kind of am. It's, it's cheesy. But I, <laughs> I should say that I also was obsessed with it. And the story behind it is really interesting, actually. So Taylor was inspired to write this after she overheard a guy she was friends with speaking on the phone with his girlfriend. Apparently, he was acting defensive, and Taylor could tell he was getting yelled at. And Taylor then overheard him say, quote, No, baby. <laughs> I had to get on the phone really quickly. I tried to call you right back. Of course I love you. More than anything, baby, I'm so sorry, end quote. <laughs> That was her man voice, just <laughs> yes, so everyone yes. knows. <laughs> and Taylor has described this song as, quote, basically about wanting someone who is with this girl who doesn't appreciate him at all. Basically like girl next door-itis. You like this guy who you have known for your whole life and you know him better than she does, but somehow the popular girl gets the guy every time. End quote. Does that not speak to every, like, middle schooler ever? Like, oh my that god, is the popular girl. Every angsty diary entry I've ever written Literally. in my entire life. Literally. <laughs> so, this is the wonderful music video. This video is exactly what Taylor said, Girl Next Door. And then, at the end of the music video, Taylor shows up to the prom, she has this beautiful white dress, and then the guy looks at her and is like, whoa! And then the girl that... The love of her life was dating, was also played by Taylor, Burnett Taylor, Bitchy Taylor, <laughs> and she's like, whoa. <laughs> and it's just a great video. So this song, rightfully so, is Taylor's third best selling single of all time. And just in general, worldwide, all singles ever considered, not just Taylor's, it's one of the best selling ones of all time with over 7 million units sold. And it was nominated at the Grammys for three different awards, Song of the Year, Record of the Year, and Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. Mm -hmm. And the music video is that's why we're here. Like mm -hmm. we said, it won Best Female Video at the MTV Music Awards of 2009. And ever since then, life has literally not been the same. Nope. Taylor winning that award has drastically altered and shaped her life until today. Like, genuinely, if we somehow went back in time and stopped this moment from happening, Taylor, what what would today look like? I What would it be? I, I, I don't know. Like, we would not have reputation. Oh, that would not give us lover. We would not... She would not have gone into hiding for a year if this mm -hmm. hadn't have happened. Like, this genuinely... This altered everything. We probably would have had more 4th of July parties. Yeah, that's for sure. Ugh. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about the night of the MTV Music Video Awards, Allie? Okay. It was a simple time. The day was September 13th, 2009. We all woke up that day. We had no idea that our life would never be the same. For a little context, Russell Brand was the host that year for the VMAs and performances included a tribute to Michael Jackson because he had just unfortunately died that June, Lady Gaga singing Poker Face and Paparazzi. Oh, I would love to see that. Yes. Beyonce sang Sweet Dreams and Single Ladies. Of course, we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> and Alicia Keys and Jay-Z sang Empire State of Mind. So if that doesn't bring you back into 2009... I don't know what well, else well. will. I, I think it's time for us to finally get to the moment that's mm -hmm. that genuinely starts this entire timeline. I know that we had a lot of setup, but it is really important to understand just why this was so huge. Definitely. So Taylor was 19 at the time. She wins Best Female Video that night. While she's on stage accepting her Moon Man Award, Kanye West, at age 32, runs up to her and grabs the mic out of her hands. He says, quote, yo, Taylor, I'm really happy for you. I'm gonna let you finish, but Beyonce had the best video of all time, end quote. <sighs> the crowd immediately starts booing him, like, oh, immediately. And Taylor is standing there in complete shock, wordlessly. It, she says nothing for what feels like eternity, and then it cuts to commercial. And we find out recently when Taylor's Miss Americana documentary comes out, when it came out this year, she, for the first time, revealed that when people started booing Kanye on that stage, she thought they were booing her. This guy just said that the award belonged to someone else. Everyone starts booing, and she's thinking, everyone thinks this award should go to Beyonce yeah, and not and, me. And when you're 19. 
it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's, it literally, she was a teenager, and, and she s- thought this and in- like this entire award ceremony was booing her. That's awful. So let's talk about this "You Belong with Me" performance that she has to give five minutes after she thinks the entire crowd boos her. She starts in a subway station. She's in a hat and a trench coat with her hair up. Very much gives you similar vibes from my favorite performance, the Should Have Said No performance from the CMAs where she starts in the hoodie. Her eyes look a little sad. You know, you're kind of worried for her. You're a little sad and you're like worried, is she going to be okay? And let me just say, you know, eventually she takes off her trench coat and her hat and she's in this red dress. She goes on the subway. She has to interact with everyone on the subway. It's a very intensive performance and she has to act like she is the happiest person on earth during this. Mm -hmm. That is emotionally taxing. Five minutes after this happened on live television too. And she really sells it. Like she has to climb up on like the subway benches seats and like swing from the poles. And then she goes outside and she's standing on top of a taxi. There's a huge crowd around her. There's dancers on other taxis. And she really sells it. She's really, it really shows how professional she is. But that's still five minutes to recover from a traumatic Mm -hmm. experience. And we think it's only appropriate that we also address Single Ladies by Beyonce, because that's why Connie stepped on stage to begin with. Yeah. But we we need to talk about Single Ladies in this cultural moment to really... Exactly. ...give the full context. So, Single Ladies was nominated for nine awards that night and went home with three. So, this is a song by Beyonce. The music video is shot in black and white. She is dancing with two other dancers. They are in black leotards, and Beyonce has this robo-arm thing, and it ended up winning... Video of the year, so that's above Best Female Video. This is a bigger award than what Taylor won mm-hmm. that night. And this is not an underrated song that we forgot about. It won three Grammys later. Like, it it had a huge cultural impact. There was an SNL skit about it. Joe Jonas made a viral music video with him mm-hmm. doing the dance. Obama did the arm tool thing at the Obama inaugural celebration. Like, this, this is ingrained in our culture. And what's really awesome about this video is that it was shot to look like it was taken in one single shot. Mm-hmm. It actually wasn't. This is very surprising to some people because there are people who argue that Kanye rightfully stormed the stage and interrupted Taylor and that she deserved mm-hmm. it. And one of the arguments is this music video was shot in a single shot. Like, that's incredible and blah, 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 blah. But it it actually wasn't. It was It's actually three separate shots, but it took around 12 hours of shooting in one day. So one thing that really bugs me about this whole Kanye thing, like let's just, let's pretend this is a crazy world and that this wasn't Taylor Swift and it went to someone who I'm not as obsessed with. You know, Mm -hmm. like let's just, let's just pretend he interrupted someone else that I'm not emotionally invested in. Beyonce has always been a cultural icon. Mm-hmm. This She was not an underdog. She was not a new player to the scene. This was 2009. And to me, this is insulting for Kanye to, like, stick up for her, you know? Mm-hmm. And kind of, like, play, like, the saving night. Like, it, it's just... She it's, didn't need to be stuck up for. No, she, she was going to win more awards that night. She was nominated for nine. Like, mm-hmm. and she won the overall award. She didn't need to be stuck up for. She's fucking Beyonce. I feel like that's a part that people forget about. Like, this... This was completely unnecessary. We are both big Beyonce fans, and this is just... This is something to me that I feel like gets glossed over, but, like, Beyonce did not need to be stuck up for, and if I were her, I would be so angry that someone decided on my behalf without my permission to walk on stage and try to defend my honor or anything like that. Like, that's just... It's just gross. And not that he was technically trying to take credit for her success, but in a way, it's kind of bringing Kanye into Beyonce's sphere where Beyonce's doing just fine on her own. Kanye is not a part of Beyonce's success. No, not at all. Get off the stage, Kanye. But back to the VMAs, after Kanye did this infamous I'ma let you finish, Beyonce cried backstage out of guilt thinking about how hurt Taylor must have been. So later that night when Beyonce won video of the year, she invited Taylor on stage to let her finish her speech. So sweet. Which is so sweet and just shows Beyonce's grace and just shows how wonderful and just nice and compassionate Beyonce is. Yeah, and she was not butthurt to not win Best Female Video. No, she did not give a flying fuck. No. No. She's Beyonce. She's Beyonce. Why would she care? Moving on, Pink reportedly had to be restrained by security because she came up to Kanye after his rant and started yelling at him. Pink, you're a badass. 
Love you. Keep doing you. She then tweeted, Kanye West is the biggest piece of shit on earth. Quote me. And you know what, Pink? We are quoting we you. Did. End we did. Yeah, end quote. We just Mind quoted drop. you right now. And then also, Kelly Clarkson, huge sweetheart, wrote an open letter to Kanye on her blog saying, quote, I've seen you do some pretty shitty things, but you just keep amazing me with your tactless asshole ways. Yikes. It's absolutely fascinating how much I don't like you. Yikes. I like everyone. I believe you, Kelly Clarkson. I even like my asshole ex that cheated on me over you. Interesting. Which is pretty odd since I don't even personally know you. The best part of this evening is that you weren't even up for this award. Yes, Kelly Clarkson. Yes. And yet you still have a problem with the outcome. Seriously. Is winning a Moon Man that much of a life goal? You can have mine if it will shut you up. Is it important? Really? End quote. Damn. Kanye? Kelly Clarkson doesn't like you. Yikes. Yikes. Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. Moving on. Katy Perry. We know she has issues with Taylor later. They have a little bit of controversy. They're They're good now. They're cool now. But Katy Perry that night tweeted, Fuck you, Kanye. It's like you stepped on a kitten. And you know what? It is kind of like you stepped on a kitten. She was so young. She was so young. And just to bring it home, President Barack Obama called Kanye a jackass. Obama, you're a fucking stud. So the very next day, Kanye had an appearance on Jay Leno, and he was already scheduled to be there. Rihanna and Jay-Z were also scheduled to be there as well, so it's not like Kanye planned this to make an apology or anything. This was planned in advance, way before the VMAs even happened. And on the show, Leno asks him how his day is going and if he's had a tough day. And the crowd kind of awkwardly laughs, and Kanye says, quote, yeah, it's been extremely uh, difficult um, just just dealing with the fact that I hurt someone or took anything away, you know, from a talented artist or from anyone. Because I only want to help people, you know, my entire life I've only wanted to give and do something that I felt was right. And I immediately knew in this situation that it was wrong and it wasn't a spectacle. You know, it's actually someone's emotions, you know, that I stepped on. It was very, it was just rude, period. And, you know, I like to be the apologizer to the person. And then Jay Leno responds, Let me ask you something. I was fortunate enough to meet your mom and talk with your mom a number of years ago. Uh, What do you think she would have said about this? End quote. So this was a very low blow for Jay to talk about. Jay Leno should not have asked anything about Kanye's mother in this situation. That is the lowest blow he could possibly have done. Obviously, he was just trying to get views. He was trying to get those clicks. And I just believe it was incredibly inappropriate. So it does kind of make you feel bad for Kanye. And what makes it worse is that he persists. Like Kanye, he doesn't answer. He says, um, and then he Mm -hmm. stays silent. And then he starts to tear up. Mm -hmm. And Jay Leno, he keeps going. He says, quote, would she be disappointed in this? Would she give you a lecture? End quote. Like, yikes! Would she give you a lecture? It keeps getting worse. This is what Kanye replied. So he doesn't directly answer this. He kind of rambles and he says he never takes time off. He's done tour after tour. He's exhausted. He needs to take some time to deal with this. And while he's rambling, Jay Leno just interrupts him and says, quote, Thanks for coming here and thanks for doing this. And you ready to sing? End quote. He didn't even let him answer the question. And it's just like, he's just using Kanye in this point. And it's so obvious. Not only is he using him to get views by berating him about his mother. And then he's like, okay, now go sing for us. I just like emotionally trolled you. And now, oh, but you're here to sing. So just go sing. It's just incredibly inappropriate. It's major shut up and dribble vibes to me. It's awful. And it does make, even though we're obviously Taylor fans, it does make you feel bad for Kanye in this moment. I feel horrible for Kanye. But let's let's back up and kind of go into his apology a little bit. So something I found interesting as Mrs. English major is that he completely, he kind of separates himself from the situation. He doesn't say Taylor's name. He doesn't say her or any identifying pronouns. He said, I hurt someone or took anything away. So not even saying what exactly happened and then he kind of compliments himself and says I only want to help people my entire life I've only wanted to give and do something I thought was right it was it's just a lot of eyes Mm -hmm. and then 
he just doesn't say her name. And when he says it's actually someone's emotions, like it's Taylor Swift's emotions and also Beyonce's. It's, it's a lot of people's emotions. And I just, I really don't like his word choice and the way he ends it too. When he says, and you know, I like to be the apologizer to a person. This gives me, I've already said Jay Leno gave me major shut up and dribble vibes. This gives me major, I did not have sexual relations with that woman vibes. Yep. So for our younger listeners, Bill Clinton, that's Hillary Clinton's husband. He was our former president of the United States. He was (laughs) impeached because of what I'm about to explain. He had an affair, an alleged affair with one of his interns, Monica Lewinsky, and he basically denied it and all of his statements on it and press conferences it was very very calculated like a team of lawyers definitely picked every single word every single syllable and sentences and made it just absolutely like solid and perfect for sure and one of the most famous lines from his statements on this is when he says i did not have sexual relations with that woman and it's like what kanye did he he starts it with like i and then yeah he makes a clinical, you know, like sexual relations, because Kanye didn't say what he did either. And then with that woman, yeah. and then with Kanye, it's to a person. It's, I don't know, it just rubs me the wrong way. And I, maybe Kanye was put on the spot, but I feel like he definitely knew he was going to be asked about this. He could have canceled his yeah. uh, performance too, because Jay-Z and Rihanna were already there. It's not like he would have ruined everything you know no if i was gone yet i wouldn't have performed after that but like i like to be an apologizer to a person it's just very high horse like i am always the apologizer yeah i i don't know i just feel like he should have had a publicist or some a lawyer anyone like basically help him memorize a statement to say which i know isn't kanye's Mm -hmm. thing but yeah I just wanted to touch on that. Yeah. I think it's very, very interesting the way he worded this, especially knowing this was off the cuff. You know, this is, like, really how yeah. he feels. So then three days after the MTV Awards, let's go back to Taylor's point of view. So on September 19th, Taylor appeared on The View. Taylor's asked on The View what was going through her mind when Kanye jumped on stage. So Taylor says, quote, Well, um, I think my overall thought process was something like, Wow, I can't believe I won. This is awesome. Don't trip and fall. I'm going to get to thank the fans. This is so cool. Oh, Kanye West is here. Cool haircut. Kanye West is here. Cool haircut. What are you doing there? And then, ouch. And then I guess I'm not going to get to thank the fans. End quote. So she really breaks down everything that went through her head when Kanye jumped on the stage, all the confusion, obviously. She probably was wondering, is this a bit? Like, what is going on? Was this planned? And then, so the view... They ask Taylor about Kanye's apology on Jay Leno that had just happened. And Taylor says that Kanye has not tried to send her any personal communication. Yeah, Mr. I like to be the apologizer to a person. (laughs) Yeah. Sure, sure, Jan. You like to be the apologizer when you're on public television and you're trying to seem like the good guy, but you're not sending any personal communication. How easy would that have been for him? To send anything. Anything. Flowers, a message. It had been three days at this point. Three days. And even, like, what about the PR team? I'm sure they were like, hey, why don't we smooth this over? Send Taylor, like, a really nice, thoughtful apology. Do you think Kanye has a PR team? Because if they do, they suck. Like, I'm kind of picturing it right now the same way I pictured Donald Trump's PR team. Mm -hmm. Because where are they? You know, in terms of, like, tweeting and, like, what he says on public television. I'm picturing that scene in Spongebob. It's like he's in his mind and it's all the little Spongebobs running around and it's on fire. That's how I feel like Kanye and Donnie's PR team feels all the time. I mean, maybe that's why they get along so well. They, you know. That's true. They're very in charge of their own public image, I guess, and they're happy with that. So... After that, I just have to note that it was, um, at the time of The View, just for fun context, Kate from John and Kate Plus 8 is one of the interviewers on The View, which I just think is a fun little addition. So Kate asked how she found the strength to pull herself together after what happened to be able to perform. And Taylor says, well, yeah, there were a lot of people around me backstage that were saying wonderful, incredible things and just having my back. 
and all of the other artists that came and showed me love, you know, and the hours following it and all the people tweeting about it and all of the fans, and I just never imagined there were that many people out there looking out for me. So it was really wonderful to see that people were out there defending me so I didn't have to. That is nice. Flash forward to Reputation Era where she felt like no one mm-hmm. was having her back. Just a very different time. She was still very America's sweetheart at this point. Yeah, and it is sweet that everyone was there. Even the President of the United States. Barack Obama said Kanye was a jackass. He stepped in. Donald Trump wouldn't do that. Nope. No, he did. Didn't he say, I like Taylor Swift 25%? Less better now. Oh, is yeah. funny? You know, that's not yeah. bad. Only 25% less better. Okay. I think she said something like, I'll take it. So, a little bit later, on November 17th of this year, Taylor hosts SNL. So, in her monologue, she makes a lot of jokes, a lot about a lot of, like, fan favorite moments in the media. So, like, she talks about her and Joe Jonas. Like, she's like, well, you might be thinking that I'm going to bring up that guy who broke up with me on the phone, but I'm not going to mention him in my monologue. It's really hard for me to not internally sing this right now. You're welcome, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> You're welcome <laughs> that I'm not singing this. Um, and then she, like, kind of waves at the camera and says, hey, Joe, I'm doing just fine. Oh, and geez. it's really funny. And she also talks about dating the werewolf from Twilight. Taylor Lautner. She kind of winks at the camera at that point. But towards the end of it, you know, she really brings it home. She has to mention Kanye now. So she ends it. You might be expecting me to say something bad about Kanye and how he ran up on the stage and ruined my VMA monologue. That's how it ends. And then she takes a deep breath and smiles. And then she's all happy again. She says, but there's nothing more to say because everything's okay. I've got security lining the stage. And then Bill Hader and Jason Sudeikis come up there and their bodyguards holding up a sketch photo of <laughs> Kanye West. It's really funny. And then she says, it's my SNL monologue. And then she goes, la, la, la. Okay, I'm not going to I'm not gonna subject our listeners to that. Um, and then she literally, once the song's over, she says, that was my SNL monologue. We have a great show. Kanye West is not here, so stick around. We'll be right back. So she nailed it. She nailed it. And now let's go a little bit further. Let's take the time machine up a few years. Now we're in the fall of 2010 and Taylor's third album comes out. Yes, Speak Now. Allie, what's your favorite song on Speak Now? Oh God, put me on the spot. I think mine might be Speak Now. I love that song. It makes me so happy. I know, that's what I wanted to say, but I was like, is that just like a cop out if I say it's literally Speak Now? No. Enchanted is on that album Mm -hmm. too, and I love Enchanted. But me and Cressy always talk about how the song Speak Now, we always thought there was a music video for it. Yeah, we talk about how I feel like everyone who has ever listened to that song has like a little music video playing in their mind every time they listen to it Mm -hmm. and it's like the same for everyone i love the line where she's like wearing a dress looks like a pastry (laughs) or whatever in our car ride to orange beach when we were talking about taylor you go i just love the speak now music video and i was like (laughs) is there a speak now music video and we kind of like talked about it and we figured out that we had like the same like images in our head that yeah. just shows what a great writer she is. Yeah. I just love the imagery that goes through my head. She's so talented. I know. She really painted a picture. So that album comes out, Speak Now. Oh, just fun little uh, trivia fact for everyone. Taylor wanted to call this album Enchanted, and Scooter convinced her not to. We'll get into that in our yeah. Scooter episode. I have a theory that they didn't go with Enchanted. Like, they were so strong about not going with Enchanted, because I bet the movie Enchanted came out around that same time. Yeah, there's a lot of enchanted things. And I don't think that would have been as good as an album title, honestly. I like Speak Now. I think that's a good album title. And a great tour title. Yeah. So there is a song on there called Innocent, and it's allegedly written in response to the Kanye incident. And it has lines that kind of indirectly call him out, like, 32 and still growing up, who you are is not what you did. And she actually performed this at the MTV Awards that year so one year after kanye kind of stormed her stage she sings this while kanye's in the audience kind of ballsy yeah and then she later says in an interview with the new york mag quote i think a lot of people expected me to write a song about him but for me it was important to write a song to him oh good quote she knows how to give a statement right i mean obviously she has a way with words Mm mm-hmm 
So that October, Kanye is on Ellen, and he tells Ellen that because of the Taylor incident, he had to leave the country for a while. And that's literally it for three years. Nothing happens until, like, 2012. Taylor is seen wearing a Yeezy shirt from Kanye's fashion line. And that's it until 2013. A very chill three years. Things were fine. Now, what's going on in 2013, Allie? So, while promoting Yeezus... Kanye said in an interview with the New York Times that he doesn't regret interrupting Taylor at the 2009 MTV Awards. Man, we had just forgotten about this too. We healed as a nation. We were feeling bad for Kanye. And then Kanye was in Japan, Rome, then Hawaii. He was out of here. We finally started feeling bad for him. And then he comes back and he says he doesn't regret interrupting Taylor. I mean, honestly... You just ruined it for yourself. Everyone's feeling bad, but he doesn't really care about that. But anyways, he said, uh, when asked if he'd take it back or take back the apology, Kanye said that his album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, was his long backhanded apology. (laughs) He says, quote, you know how people give a backhanded compliment? It was a backhanded apology. What does that even mean? I have no idea what that means, but whatever it is, I don't like it. He also says he doesn't have one regret and that the event aka him running up on stage, led him to, quote, awesome truth and awesomeness. Hmm. Bruh. Bruh. (laughs) Sorry. Anyways, so Taylor makes Ed Sheeran some jars of jams around the same time, and she writes little silly sayings on them, and one of them says, yo, Ed, I'm really happy for you, and I'm gonna let you finish, but this is the best jam of all time. T. Um, so jumping to the 2015 Grammy ceremony in February, the two are photographed smiling and talking to each other. That is Kanye and Taylor. They are photographed and they're smiling. So things seem civil and okay now. At the 2015 Grammys, Beck won album of the year. And the next day, Kanye had an interview with Ryan Seacrest. And he said this about Beck winning the album of the year title over Beyonce. And Kanye said, quote, Taylor Swift came up to me right after, like literally afterwards, and tells me I should have went on stage. This is the irony in my life. Interesting. He also says, quote, she wants to get in the studio and we're definitely going to go in. So they're talking about going in the studio together. Apparently. So Taylor Swift was on the cover of Vanity Fair's September issue. And this quote's hard for me to get through, listeners. But I'm going to just, I'm just going to push through. Do your best. All right. Taylor says, quote, I feel like I wasn't ready to be friends with him until I felt like he had some sort of respect for me. Deep breath. And he wasn't ready to be friends with me until he had some sort of respect for me. So it was the same issue. And we both reached the same place at the same time. End quote. I hate this quote. It just makes me so sad that, like, it's just so pre the man. Yeah, it was, it, it felt, she felt like she had to earn his respect somehow and, like, prove herself Ugh. to deserve her respect. And she, and he should have respected her to begin with. She is Taylor Swift. This quote. And, like, I get where it's coming, you know, we have, we have a lot of issues with misogyny and, you know, gender issues in our country, and, like, I just feel like this quote really shows some of that. The fact that she felt like she couldn't be friends with him until he respected her. I get that. Like, you, every friend that you have, you want them to respect you, you know? Um, but he wasn't ready to be friends with me until he had some sort of respect for me. Like, it's just, no, respect should be there. They are equals. Like, it felt very... The representation of this of this just felt very unequal in terms of being a man in the industry and being a woman in the industry. And that is why that quote is extremely hard. It makes me feel bad for Taylor during this time. And I, I mean, obviously, she's changed her viewpoint since then. And, you know, she grew and she learned and, you know, and that wasn't her fault. That is our culture's fault that she would think in that way. All issues in our country, like social issues on the basis of gender, race, everything, like it's all gray area until we talk about it and we figure things out and it's all a continuous process. So she also said that they haven't planned any collaborations between her and Kanye. And now we're going to fast forward to August 30th. Taylor presents Kanye the prestigious Video Vanguard Award. Context. This is when Taylor is wearing her two-piece sparkly houndstooth outfit that we talked about previously. She's in her intense eyeliner. It's a look. It's very iconic. 
look it up. <laughs> so in her introduction speech, Taylor says, quote, I have been a fan of his for as long as I can remember because Kanye defines what it means to be a creative force in music, fashion, and, well, life. So I guess I have to say to all the other winners tonight, I'm really happy for you and I'ma let you finish, but Kanye West has one of the greatest careers of all time. That's so sweet. That just really shows how much she healed from the experience and how she's able to look back and laugh at it now. And that really just shows Taylor's character. Kanye goes on to say that the producers of the VMAs got Taylor to do that for ratings. But... Not true. Not true. Not true. Because in Miss Americana, we see that he asked Taylor to do that. He asked her to present the award. And then he plays it off here like it was the producer's idea for ratings. Or like a surprise. No, 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 no. And then also Kanye sends her flowers to thank her and Taylor Instagrams it, captioning it, quote, Aw, Kanye sent me the coolest flowers. Hashtag Conte 2020. Hashtag BFFs. Hmm. Things are starting to take a turn for me, Allie. I do not like that he asked Taylor to present him with that award and then pretended like he didn't do that. Mm -hmm. I. That's just, that's a snaky person. That's just... He's a snake. And it's, he's just trying to make himself look the best that he can. It was all his idea. very calculated, narcissistic. It did more for him than it did for her, for her to present that. Yeah. She did that out of the kindness of her heart. Let's wrap up 2015 and head to 2016. Big year, you guys. So Mm -hmm. famous comes out. This is a song from Kanye's seventh album, The Life of Pablo. And we talked about this briefly in our last episode. So let's really dig into this song. Why is this important? So this song has the line, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. And one thing to note is that this song came out. It made its premiere at Kanye's Madison Square Garden Yeezy fashion show. This fashion show is known to be like the first one that really had a bunch of celebrities at it. It was huge. You definitely saw it in the media. All the Kardashians showed up wearing white and pink, really grandiose outfits. So the whole Madison Square Garden was filled with a lot of celebrities, a lot of influential fashion industry people, music industry people, just people in general. A lot of Taylor's peers Mm -hmm. were there. And this song premieres at this fashion show, at this Yeezy fashion show. Wasn't Gigi one of the models in this show? I can't say for sure or not, but okay. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. I know that Gigi has promoted Kanye's mm-hmm. fashion at times. Like, he's definitely used mm-hmm. Gigi in the past for campaigns and things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if she was in this fashion show. So. so Taylor's rep then released a statement to Billboard magazine saying Kanye never warned Taylor about the song. And the statement says, quote, Kanye did not call for approval, but to ask Taylor to release his single Famous on her Twitter account. She declined and cautioned him about releasing a song with such a strong misogynistic message. Taylor was never made aware of the actual lyric, I made that bitch famous. So that same month is the Grammys, and Taylor is nominated for seven Grammys that year. And 1989 wins three of them. It includes Best Album, Best Music Video for Bad Blood, Interjecting. Why not Blank Space? Bad Blood is not that good of a music video. I'm sorry. It's just like very produced. You know, it's like I I could get winning Best Editing, right? That's Mm -hmm. a a category because I know Beyonce won one of those. Best Visual Effects or something. But Best Music Video overall, I don't agree with that. But I'm happy... I'm happy that Taylor won an award. Oh, and Best Pop Vocal Album. Blank Space Mm -hmm. was nominated for three Grammys. Isn't that crazy? So three out of the seven Grammys she was nominated for, three of them were for the song Blank Space alone. Iconic. Which maybe that's why they didn't give her it for video. Yeah, they're like, (laughs) she's had it good for too long. So this was the awards show where she wears a two-piece dress. The top is this bright orange tube top. And then the bottom is this hot pink satiny material. It's got a nice leg slit. It's super cute. Mm -hmm. And while she's accepting her award for album of the year, she delivers a very powerful message. And I love it so much. I might tear up reading it. Because, and we'll have a link to this on our website, but the next year when the Grammys were advertising their their next ceremony or whatever, they used this speech in their commercials, right? But instead of using Taylor saying it, 
they used like little girls like reading it and it's it's ugh. and it's like a girl like carrying like a cello case or like a girl that's in a band yeah. and like carrying like a drum set a girl doing ballet a girl dancing hip-hop a girl playing the piano yeah. and it's and they're all just like saying this and it starts with this little girl i think she's like getting ready for a play but she's like in front of a mirror and she's Okay, so here's the quote. It's very inspirational. It's, it's so good. We'll, we'll have a link up to this. So, quote, As the first woman to win Album of the Year at the Grammys twice, Cresty interjecting here, this is where the commercial starts. I want to say to all the young women out there, there are going to be people along the way who will try to undercut your success or take credit for your accomplishments or your fame. But if you just focus on the work and you don't let those people sidetrack you, someday when you get where you're going, you'll look around you and you will know that it was you and the people who love you who put you there. And that will be the greatest feeling in the world. Thank you for this moment. Whoa. (gasps) Chills. I have chills. I know. Me too. (laughs) I love this quote so much. I love Taylor, I just, how eloquent, like you cannot picture a more eloquent speech where it wasn't braggy in any ways. She was just like, you know what? It was just for the girls out there. Mm -hmm. And this was the same month that this was all happening with Famous. So she could have like directly called him out, but she didn't. She, Mm -hmm. she just gives advice to other young women out there and tells her like, there are going to be people, there are going to be people who will try to undercut your success or take credit for your fame, but like, don't let them do that. Like. I just love this quote. And Kanye literally says, I made that bitch famous. Yeah. You can't get more undercut exactly. than that. Well, she was winning an award. She was already famous. Whatever. Okay, so Ugh. jumping ahead a few months in June of 2016, things get worse. Wow. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Kanye made things worse. Who saw this coming? The music <laughs> video for Famous comes out. It has naked wax figures laying in bed with Kanye so it's this giant bed gross all of these naked celebrities and it's like wax figures made of them and this includes Taylor Swift she's like definitely completely naked and she's like close to him Kim Kardashian George W. Bush Chris Brown Donald Trump Bill Cosby for some reason Caitlyn Jenner Ray (laughs) J Anna Wintour and Amber Rose just to paint a scene and I'm not the biggest fan of Lena Dunham I'll be the first to admit it. I think she's had some problematic things in her past that I just can't really support. But I don't hate her or anything. But Respect that. I really do appreciate the way she stood up for Taylor after this happened. Lena said it was one of the most disturbing, in quotations, artist efforts in recent memory and that it seemed to legitimize rape culture. So well said. Yeah. Because true. Like, Bill Cosby was in it. And at this point, Bill Cosby, his 35 accusers had been on the cover of NY Magazine in December of 2015. So like a half a year before this music video came out. And he was charged that month too. So he had been like a convicted rapist for quite some time. And and Mm -hmm. those trials were, they had not just like just started out of thin air. Like they had been going on for a long time. Want to shout out Chasing Cosby. Excellent podcast if you want to learn more about it. But I I could rant about this for hours. It just completely disgusts me that Bill Cosby is in bed with all these other naked wax figures. He's obviously just trying to just outrage people and like get their attention and be like edgy, like an edgelord. Like, ooh, I put a rapist in my video. I'm so like artsy and cool. (sighs) And he's already tweeted, might I remind our listeners, Bill Cosby is innocent. Yeah. He has a song lyric that says, I feel bad for Bill Cosby. You feel bad for Bill Cosby? What about all of his victims? Literally 35 of them. And that's just the ones that yeah. came forward. That's probably like not, maybe a third of the, of the true number because this was a decades yeah. long crime. Just makes me really mad. Mm-hmm. But since we've got into the video and Kim's wax figures in it too... I think it's time to introduce Kim and how Kim Kardashian plays into this. Do you want to give a little, just a little summary of our sweet Kim K? I don't know why I said our sweet yes. Kim K. I don't like her. <laughs> Let's call this Kim Context. Context with a K. Kim Context. Here we go. Let's start with the real true beginning. 
So Kim Kardashian's father is Robert Kardashian Sr. And who was Robert Kardashian Sr.? He was O.J. Simpson's lawyer in 1995. O.J. Simpson, a murderer, (laughs) accused murderer. Yes. He was a famous football player. Then there's this whole police chase that's on live television. And this is one of the first live chases on tv like ever and it's the police chase it's crazy to think about like this is a celebrity who was like on the interstate like in a police chase like helicopters (laughs) it was live on tv like damn don't you miss live tv sometimes that was crazy and he he's in a white ford bronco to our younger listeners that's just a good thing to know that's white ford broncos are mentioned and a lot of pop culture in reference to this so (laughs) something to know and ford stopped making the bronco so Robert Kardashian, Kim Kardashian's father, was the lawyer for O.J. Simpson. And that's kind of the first time we ever see the Kardashians. Since that point, Robert Kardashian has passed, which is very unfortunate. But they mention it a lot in their television show, which I'll get to in a second. So kind of interesting, something that I learned last night. Kim Kardashian was the stylist for Brandy Norwood. That's the Brandy. The Brandy that's known as Brandy in Hollywood. She was Brandy's... Stylist in 2004. Who is Brandy? You don't know who Brandy is? It sounds familiar. Who is it? What does she do? She's she's a musician. She's an actress. She plays Cinderella in the movie Cinderella. Brandy! Okay, I am showing you the Cinderella movie with Brandy in it. Okay. It is I'm sure I recognize her. Anyways, I cannot believe you don't just recognize her from the name Brandy. The name's familiar. I just can't picture it. Don't judge me. Oh my gosh. I'm judging you. Okay, anyway... <laughs> I'm not really judging you. It's okay. So, interesting fact I also learned about the time that she was Brandy Norwood's stylist. Brandy Norwood's brother is none other than Ray J, who Kim dated in the early 2000s. Oh, so that's how they met. Right? And that, I I don't know if that's how they met or she got the job through Ray J. I don't know how that worked. Brandy and Ray J, siblings. Interesting. What? Who knew? Who knew? Ray J and Kim, they dated the early 2000s, right before Kim's show, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, that she stars in with her sisters, Courtney and Chloe. at the time. It's kind of formed since then. Right before, the same year that Keeping Up with the Kardashians premiered, Kim's sex tape leaked with Ray J. That's all I'm going to say about it. Anyways, so she was the stylist for Brandy, dating Ray J. She also then became the stylist for Paris Hilton. And that's when people started noticing Kim for her looks, for her work. She's in a lot of background. She's like the background person in a lot of photos of Paris Hilton at that time. I've noticed. Yeah, and a lot of people will call Kim and Paris Hilton like best friends. Like, obviously, I think stylist in Hollywood is codenamed for paid best friend. Yeah. Because you're literally just like, I mean, think about it. You're hanging out with someone similar to your age, similar style. You know, you trust them with the clothes you wear. That's like a best friend. Mm -hmm. But Kim and Paris Hilton are best friends. Kim styles Paris Hilton. This is also during Paris Hilton's Simple Life era, where Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie do all these different, like, menial tasks for Simple Life, and it's supposed to be funny, these two rich girls doing that. Kim's in the background of that. Mm -hmm. Kim started to notice the power of reality television during this time, and kind of interesting, so Kim actually had already started the Dash store, where her and her sisters ran a store. It was based in Calabasas, before Keeping Up with the Kardashians actually came out, which was something I also didn't know and she started keeping up with the Kardashians as a way to publicize her brand kind of interesting because then keeping up with the Kardashians blew up now keeping up with the Kardashians includes the Jenner sisters Kendall Jenner one of the biggest models in the world Kylie Jenner youngest billionaire probably not billionaire Forbes is now disputing the fact that she's a billionaire basically since the point of keeping up with the Kardashians Kim has gone on a business frenzy. I won't even get into detail of the different things. She's come out with a tanning oil. She's come out with fragrances. She came out with workout videos. It was like fit in your jeans by Friday. Since that point, Kim and Kanye have also gotten married. She was married to two different people before that, one of them being Chris Humphreys. She was married to him for 72 days or something crazy like that. They got divorced. Now she's married to Kanye West and that is where it all comes in. Kanye had a couple lyrics about Kim in some of his albums, something like, while she was falling in love with him, I was falling in love with Kim. It was something like that. Sorry, Kanye fans, if I butchered that. But now Kim and Kanye are married and she's his Chick-fil-A. If you listen to his latest album, Jesus is King, 
closed on Sunday. You my Chick-fil-A. You're my number one with the lemonade. <laughs> Have you listened to that song? No, I haven't. That's funny, oh though. I love Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So now Kim is Kanye's Chick-fil-A. I obviously could go on and on. She's famous for her Kimojis, her KKW, Kim Kardashian West beauty makeup line. She now has a shapewear line called Skims. It used to be called Kimonos. Got in trouble for that, obviously. Rightfully. So Kim is a very influential person in fashion in forming the whole reality television landscape. Famous for being famous. Mm -hmm. Her and her sisters are famous for being famous. But they are like crazy business people and so on. So Kim Kardashian, she has a lot of influence these days. Some people call the Kardashians the American royal family. Oof. Oof. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if I agree with that. You know, I don't think they're the chosen royal family, but they do seem to be everywhere you look. And I was really surprised to see the amount of like business endeavors that happened. But around this time, Kendall Jenner, who is the famous supermodel, Kim's younger half-sister, has been seen in Taylor's circle. But she wasn't like a full-on squad member, but she did walk on stage as a special guest during Taylor's 1989 concert. Um, they were never really that close. Kind of interesting. They both dated Harry Styles around the same time, obviously, could cause a little bit of a riff. Yeah, some people think that there might be a little overlap, too. I could see that. So they're they're not, they're not BFFs, but it doesn't seem like they've ever hated each other. Yeah, and, you know, obviously now things have changed a bit, but apparently Kendall is good friends with Gigi. Kendall is just, you know, she's obviously in Taylor's circle. Dated same with people, friends with similar people, and that's probably as close to the Kardashian-Jenner family Taylor has ever been, having a friend of a friend having a boyfriend who also dated a Jenner. Yeah. Let's hop back to 2016 and talk about Kim's cover on GQ. So she says in the interview that Taylor totally approved the lyric and she totally knew, I'm not inserting the word totally here just so you guys know. Kim is saying totally. (laughs) Because I just, I feel like it sounds like Taylor totally knew and Kim totally said, you know. So... She totally knew that it was coming and that the phone conversation was recorded. And here is the exact quote. I'm going to try to use uh, some different voices to make this quote make sense. Oh, gosh. Because in this, <laughs> she does, like, a quote within a quote, and then she, like, makes, like, sound effects, and it's, like, it's weird to not read it. Uh, again, we'll have all this on our website, but here, here we go. Okay, so this is her defending her husband. Quote. I mean, he's called me a bitch in his songs. That's just, like, what they say. I never once think, <gasps> What a derogatory word. How dare he? Not in a million years. I don't know why she's just, you know, flipped all of a sudden. It was funny because on the call with Kanye, Taylor said, When I get on the Grammy red carpet, all the media is going to think that I'm so against this. And I'll just laugh and say, the joke's on you guys. I was in on it the whole time. And I'm like, wait, but in your Grammy speech, you completely dissed my husband just to play the victim again. End quote. I hope that made sense. Just to play the victim again. So that last line is important because that's uh, that will be in Taylor's Look What You Made Me Do music video. She says that exactly. So after this interview, Taylor's rep gives another statement to Billboard. So here it is, quote. Mm-hmm. Taylor does not hold anything against Kim Kardashian as she recognizes the pressure Kim must be under and that she is only repeating what she has been told by Kanye West. However, that does not change the fact that much of what Kim is saying is incorrect. Kanye West and Taylor only spoke once on the phone while she was on vacation with her family in January 2016, and they have never spoken since. Taylor has never denied that conversation took place. It was on that phone call that Kanye West also asked her to release the song on her Twitter account, which she declined to do. Kanye West never told Taylor he was going to use the term that bitch in referencing her. A song cannot be approved if it was never heard. Kanye West never played the song for Taylor Swift. Taylor heard it for the first time when everyone else did and was humiliated. Kim Kardashian's claim that Taylor and her team were aware of being recorded is not true, and Taylor cannot understand why Kanye West and now Kim Kardashian will not just leave her alone. End quote. Why are they going after her? Why? What is the point? I mean, I guess because they're mad that she stood up for herself. I did not know that Taylor was on vacation with her family while this is happening, too. Taylor was on vacation with her family, so she probably took this, you know, that's a business call, and she probably took it, you know, she was distracted. She was happy. She was probably just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Probably not totally on her game yeah. because she was relaxing with her family. And so she probably wasn't thinking, oh, this is going to be used against me eventually. Let's break this quote down. Let's start from the beginning because this first line speaks volumes. Just knowing like it's such a calm sentence when you just look at it, but you can just feel the anger that the rep had. Like 
as they were typing this out. Writing this. So they say that Taylor recognizes the pressure Kim must be under and that she's only repeating what she has been told by Kanye West. Told. She has been told by Kanye West. Not even what Kanye tells her to say. It's like, it's harsh. I do love that she's saying this because again, like, Taylor's never really been for women against women. So she's recognizing the fact that this could very well be a misunderstanding. Exactly. Because of Kanye's hand in it yeah it's not like a it's not a kim diss no she's just saying kim is acting based on the information that she has so she's not going after kim k's character or anything like that she's just saying i understand that you're coming from a different perspective trying to protect your family that probably took a lot for taylor to even say that and then the quote goes on to say that that doesn't change the fact that much of what kim is saying is incorrect yikes yeah. So let's jump to July now. Okay. I feel like things have already been so heated and it just keeps getting worse. This is, it's like a mm-hmm. dumpster fire that has now turned into a complete train wreck. So on July 17th of 2016, Kim releases Snapchat footage of the recorded video of Taylor and Kanye talking. So before we only knew from statements that there was a phone call, but none of us knew exactly what was said. We really didn't know any context. We just know that there was a phone call and that it was recorded and that Taylor didn't know it was being recorded. That's important too. Yeah. Which is illegal. Yeah. In the state of California. It's not illegal in Alabama. Fun fact. Oh God. In the recording, it looks like Taylor is telling Kanye the lyric is a compliment and she totally proves it. And this, this video is in Kanye's favor. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty damning evidence. You hear Taylor say, quote, I really appreciate you telling me about this. It's really nice. Might I say the fact, okay, so this is obviously edited and we know that now from Miss Americana, we're going to talk about it. Yes. It was sliced together to make Kanye look like an angel. Editing Snapchats is what everyone does. Like children can do it. Yeah. Like it's it's, hard. it doesn't take much to manipulate a Snapchat video. Yeah, you don't need to be an audio engineer. No. (laughs) Like my resume. Shout out. (laughs) Shout out to Allie for being our audio engineer. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, you do not have to be skilled in the act of audio engineering to be able to manipulate this. So the fact that people even believed Mm -hmm. it, I mean, I get why people did the way that it was skewed. But if you don't know that things can be skewed so easily through video and interviews and TV and whatever you're watching Mm -hmm. that is online, whether it's from your friends, whether it's from reporters, everything is skewed. Nothing is unbiased. Mm -hmm. You know, him really wanted to put Taylor in a bad light. Yeah. And it's so easy to do so. It's not hard. And Kim doesn't stop there with the Snapchat. She then tweets about it. She has two Mm -hmm. tweets. One of them says, quote, do you guys follow me on Snapchat? You really should. And then another one that says, wait, it's legit National Snake Day? They have holidays for everybody. I mean, everything these days with a bunch of snake emojis. This is where Taylor is being bombarded. This is why Taylor's comments are off on her Instagram to this very day in 2020. Because people were commenting millions of snake emojis on every single photo she's ever posted, like ever. And it's because of this tweet. And it ended up working out in her favor because she ended up embracing the snake image and using that a lot in reputation. God bless. Yeah. Everyone said that she was a snake. It got hashtag Taylor Swift is over party to trend worldwide on Twitter. Yeah. So from this hashtag Taylor Swift is over parties are trending all over Twitter. And this is one of the first times, probably the first time that we ever saw blank is over party. Mm -hmm. If you can think of anyone this happened to before Taylor Swift, let us know because we're pretty convinced this is the first blank is over party. So Taylor Swift is over, trending all over the world. And Miss Americana, she literally says, do you know how many people have to be tweeting about that for you to be the number one trend worldwide? Celebrating her downfall. Celebrating the fact that people are now calling her a snake. It's just, it's sickening. When does cancel culture go too far? I really think that this is not only the first blank is over party. This might be like the first canceling in quotes and not only was taylor swift canceled she came back from being canceled probably also the first person to do so yeah so i think this is a good spot 
to stop part one with Taylor's death of her reputation. We'll pick it up in part two, starting with the aftermath of Snake Gate. Part two will come out next week, and you should totally listen. It's a satisfying ending to the story we literally never wanted. And it also includes an interview with our friend and major Beyonce stan slash former Taylor hater, Cody, and we'll hear how he reacted to the release of the full phone call. It blew his mind. (laughs) And our second segment ever of Gamer Girls, where I get Cressy back specifically for dot 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 ready for it. And as always, you can find all our sources for this episode on our website, gfaweekend.com. If you have any feedback for us, please let us know. All feedback is welcome, and we will always do our best to correct any mistakes we make. Yes, like Carly Kloss being six foot two in the last episode, I said that Carly Kloss was six foot and Taylor is 5'10". Carly is not six foot. She's six two. I'll give her those two inches. Also, shout out to Carrie Ray. She brought this to my attention. It's kind of interesting. Sugarland does not, in fact, sing Better Man. It's actually Little Big Town. You know what? I was really picturing the music video for Babe sung by Sugarland, where Taylor Swift is in it. She also wrote that song. And I got the two mixed up. So yeah, I want to correct that. And if you want to subscribe to us or leave us a review, that would be super cool too. No pressure, no no pressure or anything. No pressure, but, you know, we would greatly appreciate it. And you can reach us on our Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Facebook, and our website, gfaweekend.com. That's the letters, gfaweekend.com. Thank you all for listening. Bye. G5 out.